0: All right, guys. How are you? 41 to 20, the fourth quarter. Jazz. I think there's a bunch of runs in there that are worth kind of jumping on. I'm not sure what can all ask, of them can are. Can I
1: ask the first question? Yeah, you can. Where, where, what? Where? Was it? Tim McCone? Yeah, Tim's there. Hey, come are, on, are buddy. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Are, are, were you worried?
2: No, never. You sure? I called a blowout early, and we, we blew him out. Okay. No, I. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the 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 Hornets played great, and I have not seen the Jazz very often this year have, you know, very few answers defensively. But it was like you said, you guys were talking about it. it was early in the shot clock. It was transition. And I'm telling you, man, LaMelo Ball is special. Wow. Oh, my
0: gosh. He is just terrific. I mean, yep. like.
2: I mean, I, I'm eating some of my own words there because I, I went out on the record hard. I, I just am not a huge ball guy with the whole circus and everything. But this kid's for real, man. This kid is for real.
0: You know, I find myself. Very soft on um, on LeVar Ball.
1: you talking about his father? Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, I watched Richard Williams get annihilated by the, and I'll, and I'll actually say it, predominantly white media. Yes. Who made him look like the worst parent in the world while he was raising two daughters who became two of the greatest tennis players in the world, and one of them might be the greatest athlete of all time. And both, and both of them handled it fine while whatever her name was, Bassett, had a mental breakdown. Jennifer Capriotti had a mental breakdown. And every other kid out there that was never – parents were never criticized. This kid completely crushed under the pressure. I watched Earl Woods Todd Marinovich. get completely annihilated <laughs> While for everything he did while Todd Marinovich's father was praised for building his quarterback and then ended up with a drug-addicted son – who says he would have done it otherwise, it's not his dad's fault. So you know what? I'm just tired, quite frankly, and I'm just going to say it, of the predominantly white media burying every outspoken black parent who tells us that their kid's coming. Because guess what? The three we just referenced were all right. And I'm just, maybe I'm wrong on this one, but I'm just, not. I'm done criticizing LeVar Ball for all he's done because you know what he just did? He told us he was going to put three kids in the NBA. He put two of them in and one of us in the G League so we can back off. And, and thus far, other than the issue with whatever happened in China with the or wherever it was when uh, the younger one got in a little trouble, they've had no difficulties at all. Most parents have had very few teenagers go through life with no troubles at all. So I, I, I'm off on the... Criticize
3: the Ball family. Don't. Here, I I agree with you, David, but in a slightly different way. All right, here's why Levar Ball's a genius, because he got Lonzo picked number two to the team he wanted to go to. Lamelo is the real deal. Lonzo was not, and somehow he had everybody convinced that Lonzo oh. was the next best thing in the world, and said he's going to the Lakers and nowhere else, and manipulated everything around to get his kid exactly what he wanted to. A different way to look at it, I think he's actually a marketing genius. So
1: you think, look, look, um, is it, Lonzo. Lonzo. Mm-hmm. You, you you don't think he's an NBA player?
3: No, I think he is, but I don't think he's a star, and I don't think he was good think, enough to be the number two pick that. in the in I don't the draft. Think
1: his father said he was. Oh, well, sure he did. He said he was yeah, he a bunch of championships. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. So he <laughs> <didn't>
3: <laughs> but but I <laughs> mean, uh,
1: come on, I went pretty far, Rod. <laughs> no <laughs> but the thing about uh, Serena Williams arrested. is that her father, that what they were upset about her father was that they'd never played junior tennis. Right, because he didn't want to have happened what happened
0: to. What was, there, what was the Bassett girl whose dad owned the USFL team who had a complete breakdown? Yeah. Jennifer Capri. I mean, you can run through it. Tracy Austin had problems. Every single one of those teenage sensations had problems. This guy did this thing where he wouldn't let her play junior tennis. They wouldn't let him play pro. He wouldn't let her, Richard Williams let the girls go. Pro. And then when, it, and the whole time, he sat there saying, they're going to be the greatest in the world. They don't need to play now.
1: <laughs> guess yeah, what? Right. He it was it, right. It. Wow,
0: that got, like, heavy, didn't it?
2: It got heavy, but it's okay. Um was well, good. No, LaMelo is is beyond He is the freaking real deal. Ten all-star games? Yeah.
0: Easy, right? Yes. Like, if you're Bob Myers or you're Grayson – what's his name? Uh, He just fired his head coach. Now I can't remember his name. Um, If you're Golden State or Minnesota –
2: you're wearing, you're, 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 you're having a, a hard time, time sleeping head. at night right now, right? No doubt. Because it is one of those that's going to be talked about for a yeah, long, long it's time. It's
0: Jason Tatum instead of, it's Jason Tatum going three with Markel Fultz going one. It's exactly. It's Michael Jordan going three with Sam Bowie going two. And, and what's
2: crazy, it happens all the time. It, it's such an exact science and, you know, you've got to trust your feel, your numbers. But this one, yeah, LaMelo, 10 All-Star games easy. You know, my big thing on him, he, he's... He just—he looks like he's having a blast playing. He just does. You mentioned it a couple times, David, that he had a hop in his step. And he created all the issues for the Jazz. Yeah. Um, you know, most of, most of the issues they had, not being able to get the ball stopped, everybody else just kind of uh, benefited from what he was doing out there.
1: Yeah, I, I have to run upstairs and do TV. But let me, let me say this. David, at least two or three years ago, was talking about if he had a son that he thought could make it in the NBA that good, he would not send him to college. He would send him to Europe, and that's exactly what Ball ended up doing, going to Australia, playing a couple of years, and here he is, one, a star in the NBA. Yeah, for
2: sure. No, I mean, hey, look, you, you can debate all sorts of different things, but the bottom line is the result on this kid is is really, really yeah, good. He's
0: really great. Yeah. He's really great. Um, I, I, we'll move off Ball here in a second and get to the Jazz. Uh I watched, before we played Charlotte, Charlotte's not a team you've seen, right? Like, the hardest part about, frankly, being in the pandemic is you don't see these players. So, on a road game, you really have to go watch a few games on television before you see a team if you haven't watched them before because you don't have the visuals that you have tonight. So, when we played Charlotte on the road, I wouldn't watch their last two or three games, parts of at least all of them. Um, And, honestly, the last player I had seen in the NBA whose presence changed the tempo the way – LaMelo's presence changes the tempo, was magic.
2: And you know what's funny? I thought you were a little crazy at first when you said that because I I had seen clips, but after watching two full games, I can see a lot of similarities, and the showtime element is there. Right. Uh, (laughs) How
0: about the Jazz bench tonight? I mean, there once was an era where you didn't hit 15 threes in a game. They had, what, 16 off the bench tonight?
2: George George was pretty good. (laughs) 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 you'll probably remember tonight won't
0: he oh it's so great he's just the best dude in the world and and can i say
2: too that last three that joe hit from the corner his i mean we we got to start clogging his release because he hardly even gets that thing cocked and it's off it's amazing the way he he can shoot that thing so quickly
0: by the way i don't know if you saw it. our fourth quarter three-point shooting was 11 of 16. wow
2: jeez (laughs) Well, and, and, and your number, the 50, what were we, 53 for 103 or something? We were,
0: at one point, we were 51 of 100 against them. So I think we, we made were, our next two. So we made a few more. Yeah. So the final number in two games against Charlotte this year from three, we went 54 of 105. Wow. Hmm.
2: That's a winning recipe. Yeah,
0: Not no bad. First time a player has made seven threes without a miss in 20 minutes or less, tell, take, tell Tyson Ewing to take that
2: and
3: rewind <laughs> it in back. his
0: pipe and smoke it. He's already, he's
3: already firing all sorts of franchise records our way. So um.
0: a former jazz broadcast assistant who now has a much more impressive position in the game of basketball than any of our other broadcast assistants just sent me that note.
3: You're gonna make us take a guess as to who. I no, don't keep need to keep... say
0: it out loud. You can probably figure it all out. All
3: right, all right. Well, it was one of those kind of nights, David. That was a, that was a fun basketball game.
0: Yeah, I, I, um, <laughs> we're gonna go back there again. I watch Charlotte all the time. They're really fun.
3: I think my line of the
2: night, David. You'll get a kick out of this. About midway through the second quarter, I looked at Jake and said, "I've seen better defense in Rucker Park."
0: <laughs> yes, probably true. <laughs> I gotta tell you, like, on the whole, Lamel Back to Lamello for a second. Like when I, you know, you sit at home, right, and you got the pat, you got the league pass. And there's six games going on. I watch Charlotte every time. Oh, I will too. That is my first watch right now. I he love is that my kid. first watch. Yep. Sorry to see Gordon to go down. I hope that's not serious. He did not look very happy, as though he knew there was something wrong with that. Um, he's really, you know, he's battling, and it was interesting to see. He certainly knew. He understood Rudy. He came with a really good, solid game plan. The best game plan I've seen a player come against Rudy was Gordon. Not surprisingly, and uh, ten years ago tomorrow, by the way, we it traded for Derek Favors just a little note for
3: you how about that doesn't feel like 10 years ago does it time flies
0: darren williams thinks it's been
3: 10 years too. oh that's true uh david great guys. great job buddy appreciate right, you. you thanks david 132 to 110 is your final jazz get a new streak underway as they beat the hornets we'll get uh, into it we'll get some sound from the locker room as well coming up next jazz game night post game show right here on the jazz radio network <laughs> Jazz game night post game show right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz win 132 to 110 over the Charlotte Hornets. And uh, we were just talking to David, coach. It was a fun game. Uh, Jazz set all sorts of records. We'll get into that uh, throughout the show. 28 to 55 from three, 50.9%. And uh, they had four players once again score over 20 points. Donovan Mitchell with 23, Joe Ingles 21, George Niang 21, and Jordan Clarkson 20. Just came in firing that ball uh it came so easy for them uh it, just like
2: last game it came so easy for them the the space on the floor was there and the jazz played with great force it was it was a a high pace game way way higher pace than we've been used to um but man when you can shoot the ball like that um and get on a roll like they did you know it just took a couple stops and they were able to get out and get going and and kind of flip that thing.
3: So on that note, what uh, what was the difference defensively in the second half? I mean, we're going to talk a ton about offense tonight on the show, but, you know, you made the joke that uh, we've seen better defense than that at Rucker Park there in the first half. Well, in the second half, they they only gave up 43 points to the Hornets, so obviously it's a, a significant change defensively. Yeah, Just more than anything, I thought the guys did a better
2: job of being tight. Um, you know, they got really spread out, and, and it's hard in transition because you're running – you know, you're, you're transitioning from one end to the other. <clears throat> you're trying to match. And the way that, that Charlotte pushed the ball, it made it really difficult. And I think more than anything, the Jazz just got more comfortable. And, um, you know, they started going on, you know, getting a lot of shots to fall. So they, were, we, they weren't they were turning it over. They were getting, you know, shots and they were getting back and getting you know, being able to get the ball stopped. Rudy Gobert had six block shots tonight. Some really great ones, too. Yeah, really great ones. Absolutely great ones, like Tomahawk blocks. And, um, you know, he just, he didn't have, what did he get? Four shots all night long. uh, Got to the line a few times, but man, his presence is there. He made PJ Washington travel. He drove it late,
3: saw saw Rudy coming together to block another one, and actually just drug his pivot foot. Uh, Let's see here. Rudy ended the game with uh, 10 points, as you mentioned, three or four shooting. He had 11 rebounds and six block shots, Uh, pretty remarkable. Mike Conley tonight, 15 points and four of 11 shooting. He had five assists as well. Bogdanovich with 10 points. But the bench, uh, really the big story, uh, they had 66 points off the bench tonight, the Jazz. 21 for Ingles, 21 for Nyang, 20 for Clarkson, and then four for Favors. So anytime you get bench production like that, things are probably going pretty well.
2: you remember last year, early in the season, we were scratching to try to get eight off the bench? Oh, it it was
3: so bad like
2: 66 is almost uh that's a smorgasbord of points off
3: the bench. Oh, it's a ridiculous it's Like number. a buffet. <laughs> All you can eat
2: scones and honey butter.
3: Well, Charlotte certainly had a nice night off the bench, but not that. Malik Monk had 20 points, but then outside of that Bridges with 5, Biombo with 2, McDaniels with 4. So, I mean, a little bit uh, a little bit different there.
2: What's your take on so Charlotte, right? They obviously have a couple of of issues they got to solve, their center being one of them. Yep. Mr. Zeller. But with those three guards, up, they could put some dudes in there and this team could be pretty good pretty fast.
3: I could see why uh, this is on Locke's, uh what do they call that, league pass watch list. I could see why uh, this is a, a fun Hornets team to watch, but they're not perfect. Yeah, they've got some front court issues. They've got some defensive issues as well. Lots their own. of defensive issues. Yeah. Uh, you, you, uh, you, as we're watching it uh, hit on the over quite a bit that this Hornets team overhelps a lot.
2: Yeah, there was a, I mean, honestly, you watch most of that game. It's a clinic on overhelp. You know, you never want to have more than two on the ball. And there were times where there are four on the ball and it just allowed pot shots for the jazz. And it started early. They got every shot they wanted uh, offensive rebounded the ball really well. Um, and, you know, we're able to use that major to their advantage it just need they just needed to kind of bow their neck a little bit defensively to pull away.
3: Yeah, and and that's what they did. I mean, it was it was certainly a tale of two games from from that standpoint. And then of course the offensive barrage, which we'll talk uh, a lot about. The Jazz ended up uh, they were what were they at the half halftime? I want to say forty four percent shooting at the half ended up the night at fifty two point nine. So certainly pretty good. Yeah, when you've
2: got a couple dudes hitting seven threes, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna kick the old average up a little bit. Just a tad.
3: Seven for seven. Not mind bad. You. All right. Uh, with that, we will say good night uh, to our network stations. Uh, our next broadcast coming your way on Wednesday. It's going to be a big one. The Lakers are in town. LeBron and the Lake Show are here at Vivint Arena. That game will tip off at seven o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have sound from the locker room for you. We'll continue to break this one down as well as the Jazz beat the Hornets tonight, one thirty-two to one ten, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller. Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott coach Tim Lacone. The Jazz winners tonight over the Hornets, 132 to 110. Let's get a look at your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olsen Company, your office technology partner. Mind-blowing stats tonight for the Utah Jazz. Shoot 50, uh, 52.9% from the field. 50.9% from three, 28 of 55. Uh, they had, let's see here, 23 points led the way for Donovan Mitchell, eight of 17 shooting. Uh, George Niang, Joe Ingles both had 21 apiece coming in off the bench. Jordan Clarkson uh, with 20. And a, a stat, of course, Coach Lacombe loves to keep an eye on. Jazz had 34 assists on 45 made field goals tonight. And this is... Uh, you know what we kind of uh, become accustomed to seeing uh, this year, Tim, with uh, very few exceptions, is the Jazz just spread the ball around and are, are shooting the ball like nobody's business.
2: Yeah, the the ball movement tonight was great, and it was great from the beginning. Um, the The thing that really kind of stood out to me tonight was that the guys were definitely from the start on attack. Um, you know, typically, and there was a maybe a, a segment. Of the, of the second quarter where the Jazz looked a little bit rattled to me, and I haven't seen them rattle very much this year. Um, but really, they they simplified it and realized, hey, we've just got to slow down defensively. We've got to make our assignments. We've got to do a better job of getting the ball stopped. And But, I mean, offensively, most of the night, the Jazz uh, moved the ball great and got the shots that they wanted to get. This is a team that, that gives up a lot of three-point shots, and the Jazz made them pay for that.
3: Yeah, I mean, it certainly was a lot different than the Clipper game. I mean, they... <laughs> what,
2: well, do we have four catch-and-shoot threes the whole game? Right. And I think we had four in the first 30 seconds.
3: And this Charlotte team just isn't capable. I mean, this is a point you made in the pregame, and I think you're right on the money. They, they, few teams are very capable, are capable of doing what the Clippers did to the Jazz, and certainly the Hornets are not.
2: Yeah, there, there's teams that will be able to do it in in spurts and stretches. The Hornets have no chance because, I mean, I talked about at any one time you got Rozier... Lamelo, as good as he is offensively, he's not very good defensively um, yet, and his competitive spirit isn't great yet. Um, and then Hayward's kind of a liability, and and Zeller,
3: so they're never they they could never put the Jazz in a bad defensive place. Yeah, it doesn't seem like Hayward isn't quite as intense on defense as he was when he was here. He was yeah. such a good defensive player when he was here. I just didn't, don't get that feel from him now. I don't, you know, that could be injury or age or, or culture, I'm not sure, but it just didn't feel the same. No,
2: it didn't, and, and I think that a big piece of that extends from – that's an expectation here, right, with Coach yeah. Snyder. You're going to guard, and guard guarding is really going to be the hallmark, and that's why this game, I felt like they could figure it out. You know, it wasn't anything schematically. It was more just identifying the attack and getting it stopped.
3: All right, let's uh, get some post-game sound going. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Okay, we'll start with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV.
4: Coach, we talked about the ability of this team to be able to respond, and the Hornets were switching, causing issues, getting downhill in the first half. What were the little things that you guys did that allowed you to weather the storm and pull this one off?
5: Well, we, we didn't do a lot of the little things right in the first half, and I think that's why there, there was a storm. Um, beginning with, you know, getting back with enough urgency. Um, you know, they were able to get to the rim and transition. And, you know, we just we didn't get stops. We weren't, we weren't playing the way we needed to play defensively. And I think we were fortunate to be where we were because we were, we were still making some shots. But I, I thought at a halftime, you know, we really internalized that, that we needed to, you know, to be solid on the defensive end. And then, you know, the offense has a way of taking care of itself. Um, regardless of you know how people are defending us if we just space um and we're ready to ready to shoot the ball you know we can we can be effective
6: Eric Walden Salt like Tribune.
7: Q what did you see specifically kind of change defensively as the game went along obviously it seemed like the transition defense improved a little bit um maybe a little more sound pick and roll what what specifically uh started working for you in the second half and especially in that in that 2062
5: round. Well, when you have everybody doing their job, you know, pretty well, or one guy has a breakdown, um, those things add up. So it was a variety of things. You mentioned we weren't getting back. Um, you know, they were laying the ball in a few times, and we just weren't. Um, we, we weren't alert. Um, we weren't locked up on the ball where we needed to be in pick and roll. We weren't talking and getting late switches when we needed to. We weren't hitting people on the glass. You know, we weren't at high enough of the point of the screen. We weren't locked enough against the guy in the corner. There was a bunch of things that, you know, they didn't happen every time. But when you have a possession and one or two things goes wrong, we didn't communicate, um, you know, those teams or those things show themselves. And, you know, I thought Charlotte did a really good job too. I mean, they – they made plays and took advantage of the fact that um, we weren't as precise as we needed to be on the defensive end. And, you know, I thought the second half um, we cleaned a lot of those things up, all those, those little things. um, And, you know, it makes it harder. And then, you know, you're fortunate if you can get them to miss some of those shots, if they're having to work harder to get them.
6: Sarah Todd does right news
7: george the uh, he that he previously has another seasons so it was probably a matter of how gratifying is it to come through, like, through uh, struggles that he's had this season
5: sir I'm I'm sorry I could I, I I couldn't I only heard like little parts of the question which player are you th- you say george uh, george Jordan or George? George. George. Yeah, yeah. George. Yeah.
7: George, because he's like a really capable player, but obviously he's been struggling. So is it nice to see him kind of get out of that a little bit?
5: Yeah, it's, you know, the thing about George's shooting um, is that, you know, the best thing is he hasn't stopped. And, you know, we have so much confidence in him shooting the ball, um, but I think it's, it's like our team, you know, his ability to just run in transition, you know, get on the defensive glass, you know, doing all those other things, you know, I I felt like I've looked at a game where he's, you know, been for five or something and still felt like um, he, he, he played well. And, you know, I'd like to think our guys can play well, even if they're not making shots, as long as they're taking the right shots. And in George's case, as you said, it's, you know, it's affirming, you know, to keep doing that because we're all, you know, it's human nature. You can get frustrated if you're not seeing the ball go in the basket, particularly, you know, someone like George, who's as good a shooter as he is. So um, I just like the fact that he didn't hesitate and he kept shooting and, you know, that's, that's how you break through is if you, if you keep shooting it. So yeah, it's, it's, I think all his teammates know how hard he works um, and know that, you know, he's, he's doing all the little things that he can do to help the team. And, you know, his shooting is is something that when he's, you know, on like that, it's, it's a, you know, it's obviously a a big deal for us and it's, he's a weapon.
4: David James KTV.
3: Quinn, that was an awful lot of turnovers there. Do you attribute them to spacing, decision-making focus? What, what
5: happened? well, th- this is a team in Charlotte that, you know, they that's what they do. Um, and I think spacing, definitely early on, I thought, you know, something as simple as, you know, ball faking, um, you know, pass faking, looking passes off, you know, not making a one, be, just being really fundamentally sound um, because they take advantage of that. You know, when you do those things, you know, you're able to generate good shots, but they're, they're the way that they play, they're aggressive. And if you take care of the ball, you know, you're going to have those opportunities, but, you know, as you said, um, when you don't, um, you know, they're going the other direction. And those are, those plays are big, big swings. I thought, you know, you saw us be much more precise, both with the spacing and with our passing in the second half and, you know, the results were good. Last
6: question. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune.
7: In that lineup of conley clarkson joe george and and rudy has been phenomenal for you guys I, on really both ends of the floor you know what is it that makes them you know obviously there's a lot of spacing there offensively but you know especially defensively why does that work out so well
5: well i, I think those guys you know and and mike um you know mike starts it with you know his you know his pressure on the ball um and just being up and disruptive and, and, and having an impact on the game. And, um, you know, I, I think one thing is their communication where um, they do a good job of talking, you know, talking plays out. Um, and maybe, you know, additionally, because it's not a real big team, um, that there's some urgency on the defensive glass. And maybe it's because if they get a rebound, they know they go to get to the other end and shoot too. So there's incentivized. But I think I think Rudy's the key to a lot of that, to be honest with you. Um, when the floor space like that, you know hidden tonight. His running, his rolling to the rim, you know, and his presence defensively, and um, those guys know how to use him, and um, you know, and they're they're connected. Thank
6: you, thank you, coach. Appreciate your time. Okay.
3: All right, there was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder as his team came away victorious tonight. A number of different things, coach, covered right there. Um, I, I thought his answer about the defense was really interesting because it got a, a really into detail all the things that they did better in the second half. And I guess if I could sum up what he said, they did everything better in the second half.
2: Yeah, it's funny because he actually talked about spacing defensively and you know where you are in relation to um, your guy turns the corner, you have to be you have to be you have to present yourself as being in help, but your mind has to be getting home to your guy. Uh, I think those were, were points that, you know, I can see exactly what Quinn's talking about. And just like on offense, you know, uh, that uh, early in the, in the second half, there was a pass beats that actually went between Royce uh, and Joe in the corner. I think Donovan threw it and it went between two guys. And, got, you know, spacing just wasn't exactly right offensively or defensively, but they were able to fix that. Um, and more than anything, um, just, you know, kind of exert a little bit of will. Yeah, in transition against Charlotte to get that
3: uh, the game kind of turned back their way. He ch- he talked about George Niang. George was seven of seven from three. Uh, he had 21 points, three rebounds and an assist. Seven made threes coming off the bench tied for second most all time in NBA history.
2: It is, it is a great, great game. It's a game he's never going to forget. Um, I, I put a, a tweet of a minivan off-roading and bouncing over hills because that's what he was doing. He was just out frolicking and having a blast. <laughs> um, he found they found him and they continued to feed him. Uh, and I love a story like George Niang.
3: Um, just just a great great night for him. Great, uh, I mean career night. Career night for for George Niang. And if somebody you know. The Jazz have a few of these players that played their way onto the roster, whether it up through the G League or or undrafted free agents, that sort of thing. And I, I just love those stories. I mean. You know, Royce O'Neal uh, certainly is one of those guys, George Niang, a number of other players that are trying to do it, uh, you know, like Jawan Morgan and uh, and those guys who were trying to, Mie Aone, I know he was a second-round draft pick, but still same type of story. We're just battling for a roster spot, and you got to love seeing those guys succeed. A, a dude like George Niang who, who comes in and, You know, busts his butt, even though his, you know, athleticism and body type aren't exactly what you're looking for at the NBA level. Turned himself into a serviceable defender and a guy who plays a big time role on this team to come in and bang down shots. Seven for seven. That's amazing. The Jazz outscored the Charlotte Hornets
2: tonight, 84 to 33 from the three point line. Mm. They outscored them 51 points from three. That is, that's a, a number you you just can't do
3: that. Nope. Nope. And you know if that's what uh, teams are going to give this Jazz team, they're going <laughs> to they're going to win a lot more basketball games.
2: Yeah, uh, that's that's the defense you hope for, right? Is it, if you can take care of the ball, you get wide open shots, like Quinn said, and they cleaned a few things up, didn't turn over as much, and we're getting you know just horse shots basically in the
3: second half. They've they're showing the uh, the highlights on ESPN right now of the the Jazz and the Hornets. The Jazz trailed at one point by nine points in the third quarter before going on that twenty six to two run. So. And Pretty you, amazing.
2: We were never worried.
3: <laughs> well, it, it didn't look like they were playing well in the first half. Certainly defensively, I wasn't sure they were going to get the stops they needed to. But that second half was really something.
2: Man, we've seen many a game, you know, jazz time. where like a night to like tonight. It's just like, OK, guys, we don't got it. Yeah, uh, We'll we'll regroup and get Wednesday night. But th- this team's built a little bit different. And I love their competitive
3: nature. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback available now. Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final Jazz beat the Hornets tonight, 132 to 110. We'll get you player sound and continue to break this one down next, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, Jake Scott coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz win tonight over the Hornets, 132 to 110. Let's get a look, uh, and I can't wait to look at this, actually. Let's get a look at your points in the paint, brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Serta Pro Painters, uh, call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Real quick, Tim, hit us with that. That uh, three-point stat, what uh, the Jazz outscored the Hornets uh, real quick here before we read this one. 84
2: to 33, 51.
3: 48 to 30 is your points in the paint differential. Uh, the, the Hornets outscoring the Jazz 48 to 30. But uh, when, it's, when you're shooting like that from three, it's not going to matter.
2: Yeah, and you saw, like, they were just, if the ball got thrown in the paint, like, they were coming to strip. They were sending three guys at Rudy on his rolls. And so the the right play was to kick the thing out. And they continued to make the right play, and and it paid off. And
3: the Hornets got a lot of layups in the first half. Uh, You heard Coach Snyder talk about that when he was making his comments. That was something they had to adjust because Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball were getting to the basket, and uh, Terry Rozier, too, for that matter. And they were finishing and kind of getting what they wanted there. So they had to change that a little bit. But obviously the points in the paint stat tonight, not – not paralleling the game itself.
2: Well, it used to tell a whole lot of the story. Um, and it still does tell part of the story, but it tells more. Um, you can kind of piece together the game, you know, by looking at all these numbers. And And Charlotte did get a lot more at the rim than we're used to seeing. And a lot of that was on penetration. Um, and that's how they were really effective in staying in the game.
3: Let's do the uh, three-point feature. Might as well uh, while we're talking about this. Brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years, because tonight was certainly about the three-point shot from the Utah Jazz. They shot uh, a franchise record uh, in makes, 28 of 55. They shot 50.9% from three. And let's just go through this, because a lot of guys had great nights from three. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, We'll start with the bench guys, because they had the best night. Seven for seven from George Niang. seven for 10 from Joe Ingles. by the way, I love seeing 10, 10 attempts from Joe. So do I. That's that's terrific. Uh, five of 10 from Jordan Clarkson, uh, four of nine from Mike Conley, three of eight from Donovan Mitchell, two of six from Royce O'Neal. The only player that usually has a good night shooting the three ball that didn't was Boyan Bogdanovich, who was uh, oh for four. But uh, Bogdanovich was four of eight from the field for his 10 points. I mean, it still was not a bad game, uh, necessarily from Bogey, he just didn't have it going from three, but the rest of the team certainly did.
2: Yeah, and it was, uh, like, like you said, a lot of it was fueled by passing. Um, this team's at its best when they're communicating and flying around defensively, getting stops, because the ball freely moves. Um, and that's, it's a great trait. But a- as connected as these guys are on offense, it really is when they settle in on defense and start to get comfortable, that's when those big runs start.
3: All right, Tim, let's, uh, let's check in with some player sound now. Let's throw it back down to the media room where Donovan Mitchell is addressing the media.
6: We'll
1: get started with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. All right, Don, I just got to get your thoughts on
5: the minivan, George Niang, tonight. Woo, he was lights out.
6: <laughs> Man, literally. Um, you know, he continuously puts the work in time after time. Um, you know, for him to have a night like this is huge, not just for himself, but for us. You know, no hesitation shooting the ball, letting it fly, <clears throat> making plays off the dribble, just being aggressive, sliding his feet on defense. Uh, he did it all in, uh, in all facets of the game, and, you know, we're happy for him. You saw we kind of got him a water tonight, but, you know, this this night is well-earned for him, you know, and he's going to have many more just like this, uh, but definitely, you know, I think he's I think he broke a record tonight, like most made threes consecutive or something like that, uh, but, you know, I'm glad that, you know, the, the work that he's been putting in is paying off, and you've seen him have a, a really good season.
7: Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Don, there was a lot not going right for you guys early in the game, and then all of a sudden you start stringing a few stops together, you start making some threes, and the next thing you know, it's a 26-2 to two run, and you guys are up, you know, 15 or 20. What does it say about this team that you've got, you know, the capability to just go on incredible runs like that at any given
6: moment? I think, you know, the biggest thing it just shows the will and the <clears> – <throat> The, the character of this team, I think that's really where it starts with us. You know, it's never going to be perfect. We're going to have mm-hmm. halves like that, you know, but it's not a much matter of reflecting on the half. It's a matter of what we do next. <clears throat> I think that's something that we, we've we really, you know, excelled in this year so far is not really worrying about, you know, the mistakes, you know, understanding weather the storm, understanding that You know, they came out hot. They came out ready to play. They've played loose and played free. And then we locked in, you know, and, you know, it's always easy to say, man, we should have done it from the beginning, but it's not always going to be the case. Um, you're always going to have, you have teams that ready to, ready to beat us, ready to, to play us, ready to go. And we just got to be able to go out there. And if we don't get the first punch, continue to just continue to plug away. You know, it's not going to be pretty always. It's going to be ugly games. There's going to be times where we're not, you know, seeing eye to eye. Um, and it's not a bad thing. It's the competitive nature of the game. And that's just how things are sometimes. And the way we play throughout the course of the game, that's the team we want to be, you know, the teams that <clears throat> like the number one team in the league wins a game like that you know, and I think that's really where our head is at, you know, that's, that's where we have to continue to be. Um, It's not about, you know, whatever, like 67, 64, you know, they, they went on a, a, a huge run the first and second quarter, but how we responded, that's, that's what, you know, when I say, like, when we say like that's the team we want to be, that's the team right there. Like that's the team bouncing back from adversity, understand it's not always going to be uh sunshine and rainbows and just gutting it out. And then offensively, you know, shooting the threes, you know, like it's, it's, it, it looks good, you know, but I think the biggest thing was just our d- defensive energy. Everything stepped up, made it tougher on them. Sarah Todd, right News.
7: Hi, Don. Uh, <laughs> um, tomorrow, the All-Star Reserves are getting announced. And then, uh, I mean, I think probably obviously you and Rudy are hoping to both get in there. Um, what would it mean for you both to go a consecutive years and then also... Uh, how much are you pulling for Mike to actually make it into?
6: Um, you know, it's, it's definitely something as a kid, you know, um, it's definitely an honor. You know, I think the biggest thing it just equates to our team success. You know, if we, him and I make it, um, you know, I don't think so. we kind of come into the season looking at, you know, I think, you know, for him and I, especially, you know, just kind of go out there and doing anything, whatever it takes to win, you know, and for, for him, it's, you know, you look at how he played tonight, you know, necessary, not necessarily, you know, having a big game offensively, but, you know, he did a lot defensively, you know, that's what he does. That's a staple. And then for me, just continue to make plays. And that's what we've been trying to do all year. And, you know, if it happens, you know, we're, we're, we're thankful and honored, but the end goal is still the end goal uh, for us and the team. And then, you know, the biggest thing is, man, I'm praying Mike gets in, man. I think, you know, for a guy like him, who's done so many things for his career on and off the floor, he he deserves this, you know, and I think, you know, I think he'll make it, you know, I'm, I'm banking on it, but, um, you know, he's he's a guy that puts the work in time and time again. Um, has has put put you know just the time and effort. And I think that's this is gonna pay off and, and pay dividends and uh we'll find out tomorrow. John Kuhn AP Donovan, as a team tonight, you guys made
4: a franchise record twenty-eight three pointers. The last time you guys played the Hornets, you made a franchise record twenty-six three pointers. What, what about the way Charlotte defends you guys on the Has allowed you to have that much success consistently against them specifically?
6: Um, I think, you know, they're a team that that takes risk. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that they, they have the personnel to do so. They have guys who are athletic, guys who are, you know, able to gamble and able to kind of get in the passing lane. You know, they're a team that turns people over and scores in transition. You know, I'd do the same thing if I was them, you know, I think. But it's about being able to keep our composure, you know, through that, you know, through, through the presses, through the trying to blow up our actions, just understanding, keeping our feet, you know, shot faking, making the extra pass, making the pass on target. Um, you know, with a team like that, you're going to turn the ball over. I think we had 19 tonight. I had like five or six myself, but it's continuing to play through that, understanding that there's going to be nights where they help you know, they help untraditionally, they, they help strong side, they, they play, you know, they gamble and do different things. And, you know, we just got to continue to, to our level of focus has to raise even higher. And I think we did that. And that's why we're able to get these threes off.
4: David James, KTV.
3: Donovan, when the, uh, the turnovers are piling up and it's a double digit deficit, and you said you can't always start the game that well, what, what turns it around? Is it something somebody says, Quinn, or one of the players? Is it looking at each other in the huddle? What
6: does it? Because it changes so quickly. Um, I, think, I think being there. You know, I think it's experience at the end of the day. <clears throat> sometimes it's somebody saying something. Sometimes it's you. We've been through this before. We've, we've seen it as a group. We understand. Like we started the game off well. You know, we started the game off, you know, making plays. We missed a few threes, but guys got open looks. And then about the six-minute mark, it kind of changed. Um, so understanding that the difference, you know, and just, just communicating that, um, and it took some, it took, it took longer than ideally we wanted to. Uh, but I wouldn't even say it was the, the offense to be honest with you. I think the turnovers were, were one piece, but, you know, just being able to get back in transition after makes, you know, there's a lap play where I made a lap and fell, And then I'm jogging back. We're not communicating. We're not talking. We're not pointing. So we can turn the ball over. It's going to happen as part of the game, but it's how do we, you know, match up. Do we, do we take a foul early to prevent them from running the break? We knew they were going to do that, but we didn't have enough tension detail to that early. And then as we picked up our intensity, picked up our energy and picked up, you know, our mental focus on that, that's what really made it, you know, easier for us.
3: All right, That's it. Thank you, Donovan. There you go. Donovan Mitchell uh, talked about what went right for uh, the team a lot to cover there. I uh, thought it was interesting. He's talking about Mike Conley and how Mike has really put in the work Uh, and, you know, he's talking about deserving the accolades, but I think that's interesting about somebody, a veteran who's been in the league for so long as Mike Conley, you know, that's got to be a nice compliment to him that, uh, still after all these years going to put in the work to take his game to the next level.
2: And I, and I like Donovan. I I hope that, you know, it works out for him. I hope that he gets an opportunity. I'm afraid that the injury and the, you know, him sitting out most recently last, you know, what was it? Six games he missed. Yep. Um, we'll we'll hurt him a little bit, but certainly I'm surprised he hasn't made it um, in his career. And it would be really cool if he could make it this year. So the only thing we can do right now is cross your fingers and hope for the
3: best. Locke broke it down a little bit. And I, I tend to agree with him that uh, I'm not so sure that, uh, that Mike's going to be named to the reserve seven, but Anthony Davis likely will be meaning There's going to be an injury replacement and Locke was putting in like Zion was going to be the one to get the last spot and then it will come down between Mike Conley and Chris Paul to replace Anthony Davis. Excuse me, and if that's the case, I mean, Chris Paul's having a fine year, but it, it would be a nice excuse to give Mike. And I know the All-Star game isn't supposed to be a career achievement award, but it certainly would be a nice story.
2: Well, he's had an, an amazing year on the best team in the league yep. too. So all that coupled, I, I can't imagine that, you know, there's a lot of goodwill. I, I, I think there's probably a lot of goodwill for Mike out there. So hopefully that will be something that plays in his favor.
3: And, and uh, I again, I think Locke put it this way. You know, he's been the NBA's best citizen exactly. since he stepped foot on the floor in oh, the league. really has. And uh, has played on a lot of great teams. Hasn't necessarily gotten over the hump to get that championship level. But, I mean, how many technical fouls does he have in his career? Zilch. Zero. And he's uh, been named best teammate a couple of times, and he just has a terrific reputation. And I, th- I think the adjustment that he's made to this Utah Jazz team to be doing what he's doing right now is, is nothing short of incredible. I mean, he's, he, you know, we talk uh, kind of a weird comparison, I know, but we talk about how with that Brooklyn Net- Nets team, somebody's going to have to adjust, whether it's Kyrie or whether it's James Harden, somebody's going to have to kind of fit in as opposed to do their thing. Well, Mike was that guy last year. He had to come in and fit in. And Andy had to figure out where to adjust his game to, you know, maximize his role on this team. And he's done it. And he deserves a ton of credit for it.
2: He's a quick study. Yep. It didn't take him a whole long time. And, and you're right. He has been the one to, you know, he he probably and Joe have been affected probably the most Yep. Um, from what they're used to in their career. And they absolutely are making the most of it. And a huge part of why the Jazz are successful.
3: And speaking of Joe, for those out there that thinks Joe has to be in the starting lineup to be effective. I disagree, and tonight was an example as uh, Joe was just uh, terrific coming in off the bench with uh, with 21 points and going 7 of 10 from 3. I mean, just just a great game. Six assists, game.
2: zero turnovers. Yep. I mean, just awesome.
3: Yep, and he, if he can keep that up. I mean, you know, if the Jazz can play like this, I mean, this is one of the best bench performances, honestly, I've ever seen. I, I, I don't like to be the guy that says, this is the best performance I've we've ever seen because I can of, never remember. We've kind of done it this year. We but, have kind of done but it. But there's been a reason. There has been, and that's, what, three guys coming in off the bench to score 20 points, and we'll get to Tyson's uh, stats for us and, and kind of the records that were set tonight, but uh, I got a feeling that doesn't happen often in the NBA. And it just, you know, the one thing that
2: uh, that team that we watched, 97-98 Jazz team, they were so good, but they were a couple dudes short. You know, that depth was just, this, this team has realistic depth. They have guys that you know, a couple of dudes that come off the bench that are capable of getting 30 points. And it is that that's a key ingredient
3: to successful playoff teams. All right. Let's go back to the media room. Big game for this next guy. George Niang, 21.7 of seven shooting from three tonight. And uh, let's go down to the media room where he's uh, speaking now.
6: All right. We'll get started with Ryan Miller, KSL.
7: Hey, George. uh, Could you just describe the feeling when you have it going like that?
4: Um, you know, obviously when you're in a rhythm and shots are going in, life is really good. You know, you you just feel like you're in a zone. And obviously, uh, you know, as you can see, I was in that zone. And obviously when you're in it, it it feels really good. Like I said before, when you make shots, you know, life is great. There's, you know, no problems ever in the world.
6: Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
7: George is your, uh, perfect life was unfolding late in the third and early in the fourth quarter. Um, what can you say just about the the ability of this team to go on an incredible run like that, you know, that 26 to two run that, that really turned things around? Yeah, I
4: mean, uh, obviously the group <clears throat> or groups that I was in there with, um, we were doing a tremendous job of, of moving the ball, but I think more importantly, uh, Rudy Gobert did a great job of, you know, anchoring our defense and coming up with huge blocks Um, you know, contesting a bunch of shots so we could get out and really fast break and not let them really have their defense set. Uh, That being said, Rudy sacrificing himself, you know, rolling to the rim and making their defense sink in. And, you know, unselfish guys like Mike, Joe, JC, uh, being able to find me on kickouts um, for me to do what I do. Um, I think that's the great thing about this team, you know, is that we have guys that are willing to buy in and sacrifice to their roles. So, you know, Maybe their personal numbers may not look the greatest, but the team's overall winning, and I and I think that's what this org- organization stands for. And I think the guys in this locker room have really bought into that. John Kuhn, AP. George, uh, tonight the bench had nineteen three, made three pointers, which is the most by any team's bench in NBA history. Um, what what can you just say about? the consistency of the second unit for the jazz and ability to give that lift at critical times. Um, you know, I don't want to just give credit, you know, to the bench unit. Cause uh, you know, there's times where the starters pick us up. Um, but I think that's an incredible accomplishment. 19 threes is a, is a lot of points. I, I wasn't a math major, but that's a lot of points. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think we go out there and we know our role. And uh, we we do what, what we're supposed to do. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm chipping up on my words to try to give you a good answer, but like JC knows how to score pretty much on anybody. You know, when Rudy's in there or Faves in there, they know their job is to roll the rim to, you know, sink in the defense. Joe knows that, you know, he's to create for other guys and make open threes and Mike knows the same. And I know my role is to take and make open shots. And if there's a bad closeout, drive a bad closeout. Like I said earlier, uh, you know, when you have a team that's bought into their roles and wanting to be stars in their roles, you have great success. And I think, you know, Coach Q has really preached that and made us believe in that. And the proof is in the pudding.
7: Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. George, I was a math major, and I can tell you that that was a lot of threes. So Um, I want to ask about... uh, That lineup, I mean, that bench lineup, you, uh, Mike, Jordan, and Rudy, you know, with either Joe or Mie or whoever else in there has been really good on the defensive side as much as anything. I mean, you guys have a lot of spacing, but the defense has been great too. What is it that makes that lineup work so well, defensively especially? I mean, is it just Rudy or what else is that kind of goes into your success so far this year?
4: Uh, You know, I I definitely want to give a lot of credit to Rudy, Uh, you know, his, what he does, I hope doesn't go unnoticed. It doesn't go unnoticed in our locker room, but, you know, publicly you know, the way he alters shots, the way he makes other teams have to scheme and game plan around him allows us to, you know, have security pressuring up on the ball knowing that the other team is going to have to score over a seven-footer at the rim, two-time defensive player of the year. Um, With that being said, you know, Mie does a great job on the ball. Mike, J.C., Joe, but that can't happen if Rudy isn't behind us talking anchoring in the defense. So when you can make guys uncomfortable with pressuring them on the perimeter and force them to drive into a, uh, such a elite defender, um, you know, rotations seem more clear and easier. And that really helps us. All right. That's it. Thanks, George.
3: George Niang, What a. A night from George, and uh, you heard him say it there. Uh, when uh, when you're making shots, nothing else in the world goes wrong. And he certainly made them tonight. Seven for seven from three. What a performance! Twenty one points for George Nien.
2: And you hit on it, but man, what a an awesome story. He was he was a killer college player, and he, we played against him at Iowa State. Um, and, and he ac- they actually played through him down the stretch. He beat us in the Marriott Center with an array of moves, you know, kind of like you see with George. He, he, face up three right in Nate Austin's face, uh, posted him up a couple times, drove it, did everything that George does. But seriously, it's one thing to be a good college player, but then to come in and get an opportunity uh, with an organization and work your guts out, uh, go the really hard route, and then be a contributor like you're being and then have a night like this. I'm just super happy for George.
3: And I really liked what he said right there. They're trying to be the stars in their own role. And I think that this Jazz team, one thing that they've got uh, going for it is everybody's role is pretty defined, and everybody seems to have embraced it. I don't see anybody out there grumpy with their role on the team.
2: No, there's body language is never an issue. Nope. Um, it has been in the past. You yep. know, we've seen guys not happy with roles, and, but uh, it, it's kind of funny when you get an entire locker room pulling in the same direction with the same objective, the same goal. And honestly, when asked, hey, do you want to be an all-star? I'd love to be an all-star, but, man, I hope Mike Conley is too. You know, you almost feel like Donovan would give that spot up yeah. for Mike. Um, th- there is a, a special amount of chemistry, and, and it's hard to, to fudge that. It's hard to fake it. But it does carry you through, and it's why we keep talking about big runs and success, um, you know, because these guys just stay the course and work.
3: All right, go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now. Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. 132 to 110 is your final. We'll get you more player sound uh, coming up next. Stay tuned. Jazz game night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. It's brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Jazz win tonight over the Hornets 132 to 110. Jazz move to 25 and 6 on the season, an NBA best 25 and 6. And we'll keep an eye on the Lakers Wizards score. That was close. The Lakers actually were down a couple just a moment ago. So we'll keep an eye on that for you as the Lakers are the Jazz next opponent. Uh, coming in on Wednesday. Uh, but let's get a look at your Master of the Glass tonight, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the, uh, proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Coach, tonight's Master of the Glass is Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. 12 rebounds for Rudy tonight, 9 defensive, 3 offensive. Royce O'Neal did add 8 rebounds as he continues to just be a remarkable rebounder for somebody his size. It's really amazing. He's the
2: associate master of the glass he is. each he night. Is.
3: And he has one master of the glass under his belt. Yes, this he year. does. And actually, we, one and a half because didn't he tie for one? He did tie for one. And we actually said he'd get one. So we'll see. Yeah, well, I bet he gets another. I'm I'm holding out hope for our guy Royce, but of course, Rudy Gobert once again you're your master of the glass. And in fact, the Jazz on the rebounds tonight pounded the Hornets forty-five to thirty-five. So uh, after kind of taking a game off in the boards department against the Clippers the other night, they were back at it tonight.
2: Yeah, that was a, that was a huge reason I thought the Jazz would have you know less trouble than they had tonight. Um, in the end, they did. But th- this is a much better rebounding team, and that usually. Um, has an a, a impact on the outcome.
3: Speaking of Rudy, 10 points tonight for Rudy, 12 rebounds, as we mentioned. He was three of four from the field, four or four from the line, but six. Count them, six block shots from Rudy, including one possession. And I, I threw out a, a tweet that uh, retweeted somebody posting this. But where he had two blocks in one possession. Like gathered. And uh, I'm trying to remember who the blocks were against. Uh, one was against Terry Rozier and then recovered to block Cody Zeller at the rim. And they were both just incredible block shots and that Cody Zeller, that should have been against any other player in the NBA. Prove me wrong. Against any other player in the NBA, that's a dunk. And Rudy Rudy stuffed him right at the rim.
2: Right at the rim.
3: Said no soup for you, my friend. <laughs> oh. No. Uh all right. So let's throw it down to the media room. Rudy Gobert addressing the media. We'll start with Eric Weldon,
4: Lake
7: Tribune. Hey, Rudy, so I just wanted to uh, open up with that 26-2 to two run that you guys had in the late third, early fourth quarter that really kind of turned the game around. Just on top of kind of the incredible defensive turnaround that you guys had, uh, what really got you guys going during that stretch?
8: Defense. You know, I think uh, they were really, really comfortable the whole game. Uh, you know, we didn't have much physicality. Uh, much disruption in the first half and uh, they were feeling good. And when we started to, you know, get into them a little more, uh, get physical, protect the basket, uh, you know, it was a different game. And we're always going to be, most of the time we're going to be able to score, but if we don't play defense, we're not going to go nowhere. And, you know, we figured that out. Sometimes it's good to, get a little slap in the face like we did in like we had in the first half tonight. And, uh, just a little reminder that if we don't play defense, you know, we, we're not as good, not as good, uh, not as good of a team.
6: Ryan Miller, KSL. KSL.
7: (laughs) Hey Rudy. Um, with tomorrow, with the all-star reserves getting announced, what would it mean to you to make it for a second consecutive year?
8: I think it would be a blessing obviously, but, uh, it's really a reward of what we've been doing as a team. And, you know, we, I mean, when I, when I look at all stars and, you know, defensive throughout the year, all the individual stuff is not possible without the team and what we do as a group. And, you know, I don't know how many we're going to have, but uh, regardless of what, uh, whoever's going to be selected, I think it's, uh, it's just rewarding for the, for the work that we do as a team and as an organization.
4: David James, KTV.
3: Rudy, when you got the technical, it looked like you were going to punch the, uh, the basket support there. And then the replay maybe opened your hand at the last second. Were you, were you thinking that, uh, you know, a broken hand there would, that would wreck a lot of hard work at this point when you're really mad like that. Does that stuff ever cross your mind?
8: I got some skills. I don't think I'll break my hand like that, but, um, uh, No, I wasn't going to punch him. Uh, You know, it was a a little reaction of anger, but I still have enough self-control to, you know, not punch somebody, especially somebody like Ty that I think is a good guy. You know, he he had a few tough calls tonight, but he's not a bad guy. So, no, I respect what they do and uh, I think they respect what we do. So sometimes you get a little angry, but that's why you have teammates to calm you down
6: Sam Farmsworth KSL.
4: hey uh Rudy we talk about oftentimes offensive players getting in the zone you know when they're when they're shooting when they're hot how about you defensively I mean six blocks tonight do you feel like you get into the zone defensively at times that uh, no one can score over
0: you at moments like that
8: oh I do I do and uh you know for me the the, the main thing is when I get into that zone it's ready to Try to almost like share that to my teammates, so we can all be in a, in the a same zone. And I, I really think that's what happens tonight. You know, when I when I make plays like that, I think it fuels uh, the whole team. And all of a sudden, you know, we everyone got more energy, and we the shots start falling even more. You know, we I think the team needs that. And whether it's uh, somebody getting hard on offense or me doing that on defense, you know, that's why I think we so hard to beat because we we know that during the game we're going to have those moments when we all come together as a team and uh, you know when we we lock in we just completely lock in and you know and uh, whether we're down 10 or up 10 uh, the game is completely changed after that.
4: Kristen Kenny Jazz TV. How would you describe what George Niang brought tonight and just in general just the work that he's put in to have even nights like tonight 7 of 7 from 3 pretty amazing
8: I mean it's amazing when you look at it but you know every time George shoot the ball I feel like it's gonna go in uh, he's been putting a lot of work outside of practice you know a lot of extra reps and uh, you know and uh, it's just hard work you know tonight we, we can see the results of, of his work and uh, I'm sure he's gonna have many many more games like this where he just you know uh knock down shots and uh i felt like he was also good defensively and that's really the key with joel it's like we know he can shoot but when he's able to to have a positive impact defensively uh you know his minutes on the court are really really great for us
4: all right that's it thank you rudy
3: all right there you go rudy gobert and rudy great tonight with six block shots uh, you made a joke as we were listening to that. Rudy's kind of like the the dad. You know, we gotta focus on defense. All right, guys, scoring is fun, but we need to play defense out there. And that was true tonight. I mean, they were great defensively in the second half. I and mean, we were gonna focus on all these these wild offensive numbers. We're gonna get to the the stats Tyson has sent in, and they. I mean, they rewrote record books tonight, which is which is pretty remarkable. But the big difference in the game was, man, they shut them down defensively in the second half. 43 points for this Hornets team that was doing anything they wanted to in the first half.
2: Yeah, and Rudy, he did sound kind of like a stern taskmaster right there. If we're not going to play defense, we're not going to go anywhere. And it's true, though. Um, as good as this team is offensively, this team really, they have to communicate and fly around defensively. They have to get stops for it to work. And I, th- I think the number of times this team's gone on 10-0 runs, you know, Locke talks about it all the time, but it happens a lot. And when it does happen, it's a good sign. But the key part of that 10-0, 11-0 run is the O because that yeah. means they're going through a spurt of obviously good offense, but they're they're getting through defensively. And that will really tell the tale, I think, when it comes down to it. Because I think that's a differentiator in the differentiator and the difference between jazz teams of the past and this
3: one. Well, I think what makes this particular jazz team elite is that they're so good on both sides of the ball. I mean, I, I really do. And, you know, the, there's comparisons to the, the first generation Warriors team, you know, the first Steph Curry, Clay Thompson teams, and, and I get those comparisons and they're, they're lofty comparisons. But here's, here's where I will uh, think that they're they're somewhat accurate is that team was unique defensively. And maybe they weren't quite as good defensively as they were offensively, but they were pretty darn close. Draymond Green made them so unique they could switch everything. They were long. You remember Iguodala and uh, Sean Livingston coming in off the bench. And and they were just really unique. They could go with Bogut if you remember at the center, or Maurice they could go Marie Spates, Marie Spates, Mo Buckets. It was a great one, yeah. But uh, they were they were a really really good defensive team. And I think that's what sets this Jazz team apart from other Jazz teams. Is last year they had the offense but not the defense. The previous several years they had the defense but not really the offense. This year they're top five in both, and right now they're the only team that's top five in both. And I think that's what makes them unique.
2: Yeah, I agree um I, I think though if they like in this game if they just you know are average or or put forth that that effort where they're um constantly taking the ball out of the net it does take the teeth out of their offense and so it, it's a I, I totally agree they're a lead on both sides but i think that their their greatness will come at the end of the day from from defense getting stops and getting um opportunities to get out and let that high powered offense do their thing.
3: All right, should we get to some of these uh statistical nuggets as we like to call them coming in from our guy Tyson Ewing. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right, of course you can follow Tyson on Twitter at ewing 2 at t y e w i n g 2. He does the uh stats for the AT&T Sports broadcast. Hey, can I can I throw in a quick uh, shout out to not only Tyson but Amanda Smith who uh, is our broadcast uh, assistant uh, from time to time? But she also does color uh, uh, analyst work on the Utah women's uh, uh, basketball broadcast, and Tyson does play-by-play. So I'm tuning in yesterday as I'm driving around, running a couple of errands. You know, I was like, "Oh, I'll give Tyson and Amanda a little listen, see how things are going." And uh, I, I guess they're doing the the broadcast off-site. Um, because they have a, a feed of what's going on, a video feed or whatever. And uh, I think it was at the beginning of the second half. Their video feed just totally went out. So they were they were calling play-by-play play <laughs> on a game they could not see. Off the game cast. <laughs> it looks like the and, right uh, corner miss. And it, it probably only lasted for a few minutes or whatever. But both of them, shout out to both of them, kept their heads about them. Uh, I, at one point, Amanda said, "Like, okay, let's tell everybody what we do know." And she looks down at the game cast and starts kind of going off of it. And anyway, I was I was really impressed that they really kept their cool and uh, and made it a great broadcast. But I, I kind of had to laugh because you know. You never know what's going to go wrong. Right. And it's how you respond to it, especially in today's day and age of of COVID and different broadcasting and things like that. But their their whole feed went down. And I thought, oh, this could be trouble. And they handled it great.
2: Prior to 2020, it'd be like, you know, you you lose the audio feed so you can't hear what they're saying. Not. You wouldn't think that you would lose the ability to see the game, said game you're calling, so that is quite a feat.
3: Got, it looks like Utah has the ball. I can't but, be quite sure. <laughs> but I was really impressed, so a quick shout-out hey, to before, those two. Before
2: you go on Tyson, just remember right. Locke said to put – Tell Tyson to put that in his pipe and smoke it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> with the little stat smack. Oh, man. I got to love that. it. He was a tonight. I like it. He was a little onry yeah. tonight. Yeah. All right. Uh, so franchise records when it comes to threes. Uh, three-pointers made in a game at 28. Of course, uh, we knew that one. Bra- they break the record that they set last time they played the Hornets. Uh, franchise record for three-pointers made in a half with 15. They did that in the second half. A franchise record with three-pointers made in a quarter. They did that in the fourth quarter with 11. Uh, Franchise record for three-pointers attempted in a non-overtime game with 55. Franchise record for three-pointers attempted in a half at 29. So if you came to the game tonight or watched the game, you saw history. Many times over.
2: It's Uh, like for me, I got a really good nacho and some
3: history, and I got to hang with you. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. The 28 made threes is the second most makes in a game in NBA history. Of course, the Bucks set that record earlier this year with 29, I believe. And our guy Sam Merrill hit the, uh, the record breaker. Uh, the Jazz bench hit 19 three-pointers tonight. This is a new NBA record for most threes made off the bench. 19. That is a, that's a crazy number. Seven from 19 Joe. 19 off your bench. Seven from Joe, seven from George, and five from Jordan Clarkson. That just doesn't happen. Doesn't I mean, happen. That, that's, that. It did tonight, and we got <laughs> to see it, but
2: it doesn't happen.
3: All right, uh, let's see here. George Nying was seven for seven from three. That's the second most made threes without a mess miss in jazz history. Your guy uh, Hornacek went eight for eight on November twenty third, 1994, against Seattle, which absolutely shocks me. I can't believe... That he actually had eight attempts, let alone eight makes. That's pretty amazing. That is
2: amazing. Just
3: because they didn't take that many back then. Right.
2: Yeah, it must have been a... Jerry must have had a long night the night before or something and just didn't Jerry. have a lot of energy to fight
3: it. Did Jerry get tossed that night? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: I, and Phil just said, horny, just shoot it. Yeah,
3: just go. Majerus just go used to it. call
2: him Hornacek, which I like. You know, I ain't a Hornacek.
3: <laughs> it's not did Hornacek. He get, did he get those names wrong on purpose? With oh, that, I
2: uh, guarantee uh, he did. <laughs> That's
3: so funny. Uh, we can't even mention what he used to call Tony Kukoc. No, you could, but you know that's what the we could get in trouble. Yeah, careful over there. Yeah. all right. Uh, this was just the twenty-second time in NBA history where a player made at least seven threes without a miss. It's only the third time it's happened since two thousand and fifteen, and believe it or not, uh, Sadiq Bay, who actually looks like he's going to be pretty good uh, for Detroit, did it uh, ten days ago. Wow. So recency, but big ups to Sadiq Bay.
2: Yeah, Villanova product. Uh, somebody you liked coming into did the like season. I
3: like him, by the way. Yeah, good. thinking back to uh, the, draft. The night. knock
2: on him coming out of the uh, the draft was his his shot was a little flat, and they worried, they wondered if it would translate to the NBA three. But obviously, he's shooting. a. He shot it good that night.
3: Yep. So far, so good, I guess. Uh, tonight marks the 10th time this season where they, the Jazz have hit 20-plus three-pointers. They have tied the 2016-17 Houston Rockets for the fourth most 23-point games in NBA history. And they still have potentially 41 games left this season.
2: Do you remember how excited we were for the first time they hit 20? Yep. And now it's just, it's like, have they hit 20 yet? Has um, it happened? Okay, but they're pushing like we're pushing thirty. Do you think we're gonna get thirty?
3: I think so. At the at this rate, I think so.
2: So I had a buddy. Uh, it's a big fan, uh, Pete Harrison, up in in Bountiful, but he texted me today. He said um, they made twenty eight without Boyan making one. So you got to think there's plenty of shooters to get you to thirty.
3: Yeah, it, well, exactly. Yeah, I think they'll I break think, that record. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and I didn't as of a couple of weeks ago. But now I'm on board. I'm starting to get on board with it. it. Yeah. All right. The Jazz had three players score 20-plus points off the bench tonight. This is just the third time since the 85-86 season that a team has had three players score 20 or more off the bench. Yang, Ingles, and Clarkson all with – Yang and Ingles with 21 apiece and Clarkson with 20.
2: Which goes to, you know, Joe was a plus 32 plus minus tonight and George was 27 and Clarkson's a 15. You want to talk about some sh- some firepower. Man,
3: that's firepower. Yeah, I think we know who was on the floor for that big run. Speaking of the big run, uh, Jazz, uh, and more stat nuggets from our friend Tyson Ewing, who was very busy tonight, as you would expect. Uh, Jazz outscores Charlotte 41-11 to 11 from the 6.50 mark of the third quarter until the 8.17 mark of the fourth quarter. That's 10 minutes and 33 seconds of game time. So, basically, from 6.50 left to go in the third till Rudy and Quinn got technical fouls in the fourth, they outscored the Hornets 41-11. to 11.
2: And that's what it felt like watching it. It's like, <laughs> when's the last time Charlotte scored? Good thing they got the technicals and got them to the line a little bit. Got, them, got that thing slowed down.
3: Well, and thank goodness David asked uh, David James asked that question about Rudy not punching the, the thing because we certainly wouldn't want to see a broken hand. A
2: follow-up question from Tim LaCombe to David James. David. Why would you why would you ask that question? He's a boxer for heaven's sake. He is a boxer. And number two, do you ever feel like punching PK right in the face?
3: Well, that's gotta be like a, a segment by segment thing, right? Yeah. I but I guarantee he does. I heard a moment today on their PK show. PK just
2: has a face you want to punch. A little bit.
3: <laughs> I heard a moment today on their show where PK was distracted or something. And David David had to tell him to stop. Uh, it was one of those moments I was like, Oh, there's a there's a punch moment right there. But they made it through. As they always do. They always do. All right, one more from our guy Tyson Ewing. Uh, Jazz out-rebounded the Hornets by 10 tonight. This is already the 12th time this year they have out-rebounded an opponent by double digits. They did it all of 16 times last season. They're already at 12.
2: This is a great rebounding team. You see numbers across the board. Uh, Our master of the glass doesn't change much, but everybody else pitches in um, just a – a phenomenal, as you mentioned it, elite offense and defense. Um, you know, rebounding is a, a piece of both, and they are just a stellar
3: rebounding team. Outside of really the total record, and the Jazz have the, the best record in the league, it's the number one surprise for me about this team. But you, you and I talked about it early, that that could be an issue. I thought it, it not just could. I thought it would be an issue. And not only is it not an issue, but they're the best in the league. <laughs> yeah, they made they, they've made it a real strength. And uh, Coach Snyder has talked about it a bunch of times in post games and after practices and things. They've, they've made more of a focus on the offensive glass. And it's kind of been a little bit of a, a, a refocusing because it's not something that they've concentrated on in the past, but that they're going to crash the offensive glass and they're going to make that a real weapon. And, you know, the, the reason being, I mean, there's probably several reasons, but uh, something you point out all the time, uh, you can create an open three off an offensive rebound very easily.
2: Yep. And it's a great time to get them. We see, a, we see that a lot, um, but they have active guys. You know, Rudy's always crashing. Um, they, they pick different guys to, to go in and get them, but they're doing a great job of making that another uh, profit center, another opportunity to uh, be, be better at, at that than your opponent and, and get an advantage that way.
3: Donovan with a couple of offensive rebounds tonight.
2: I just wish he'd get 10 rebounds. Then, he, you know, then he'd really
3: show his worth. Then maybe Kenny Smith would go, you know what? This guy is
2: pretty good. I think he might
3: be next level. Or I guess it was I take it back. It was Shaq pointing at Kenny Smith. And Kenny Smith had all these double-doubles in his career. Why can't Donovan do it? Hey, do you have the 30-point
2: bell? Will you bang that thing for me? I got some news. I got a breaking news update. One more time. Thank you. The Lakers just lost again, bro. Oh, they I knew it was an overtime. They lose, huh? 127, 124. The Wizards. Outlast the Lakers. LeBron had a chance to make a free throw. He got an and one with five seconds, just under five seconds left. Missed the free throw. Um, Bradley Beal got the inbounds uh, out of a after a timeout at half court. Missed a mid range pull up. Went to overtime, and the Wizards, with a record of ten and seventeen, beat the Lakers in LA.
3: I know Russell Westbrook isn't necessarily the most popular player around here. There's uh, certainly some history uh, during his time at Oklahoma City. But, God, I love it that he's gone to Washington. And you say what you will about Russell Westbrook, he plays his brains out. Nobody in the league plays harder than Russell Westbrook. And you may uh, love him or hate him or whatever, but uh, tonight uh, he had 32-14-9. and nine. And not that stats always tell the story with Russell Westbrook, but, man, I do like how hard that guy plays.
2: Oh, He's he's a competitive dude, and he, he has that extra burst. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he'd be my first pick just in terms of, uh, you know, I love a guy that can shoot it, but, man, he does so many great things to help that
3: team. So the Jazz now – Tim have a three game cushion in front of the Los Angeles Lakers in the western Conference Jazz at 25 and six Lakers at 22 and 9 they have a three and a half game advantage over the Clippers who of course lost last night to the Brooklyn Nets uh, they're sitting at uh, 22 and 10. Uh, just to put it in perspective the Philadelphia 76ers are leading the Eastern Conference by half a game and they're at 20 and 11. So, by the way, if, if Philly was in the, uh, in the Western Conference, they'd be in fifth right now. Yes. You
2: can see. Do you think that Hornets team makes, makes the playoffs in the East? I do. Oh, yeah, I do too.
3: Uh, let's see. Right now, at 14 and 16, they're tied for eighth with the Chicago Bulls, but I think they're better than the Bulls. Uh, the Knicks now are in seventh at 15 and 16. Uh, I know the Knicks have been better, but you could certainly make an argument that uh, Charlotte's better than that. After that, you get to Boston, Toronto, and Indiana. I'm not sure if they're quite uh, there with those teams yet, but I think that's a playoff team for sure. It's
2: just kind of like, bleh, the East.
3: Well, I think if that the, the last homestand last week proved anything is that the Western Conference is still playing a better brand of basketball than the East. As so the, the Jazz really rolled through all the top teams in the Eastern Conference.
2: So the Lakers roll in here on Wednesday. We're going to talk about that, I'm sure. But Jazz beat them. If they beat them Wednesday night, they will have a four-game advantage over the los angeles lakers wow
3: uh, in fact let's get to that coming up next uh, we'll get some final thoughts from coach lacombe on this one and we'll look forward to the game with the lakers don't forget your uh you're also your play of the game coming up next stay tuned 97 5 and twelve-eighty of the zone
8: George
0: for three open up the mini door Slide the triplets inside because George Niang just hit a three. Kick out to Clarkson, rotate to Conley, right-hand driving lane, back to Niang. Left corner, three, good. Kicks to the corner to Niang. Quick release three is good. Clarkson gets in the lane, kicks out Niang. Left side three, he's got three tonight, make it four. George Niang has four threes tonight, a season high. He'll try for five and he'll get it. George Niang's five for five from three. Rev it up, drive it home. George, you are a superhero. To the Niang, five threes already. Give me six. Oh, George Niang. Don't do me like that. Oh, George Niang. Dribbles and drives. Out to Niang. Seven for seven. George Niang
3: little montage for your play of the game right there courtesy of the great David Locke play of the game brought to you by Larry H Miller Dealerships for service sales and selection lhmauto.com driven by you and of course George Niang tonight huge story for this jazz team as they beat the hornets 132 to 110 it's your jazz game night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer George Niang, special night 21 points, 7 of 7 shooting, 7 of 7 from 3. And how about this, uh, Tim? We haven't talked a lot of plus-minus numbers tonight. And usually we don't delve too far into those, but uh, there's a bunch of them that really stand out. Joe Ingles was a plus 32 in 30 minutes tonight. He had 21 points and 6 assists, 5 rebounds, but plus 32. George Niang, plus 27 in 16 minutes. Rudy Gobert, plus 24. Mike Conley, plus 22. So, by the way, Mike you know, that plus minus has been a good number for him this year. Plus Twenty plus 22 in 29 minutes, and then George uh, Jordan Clarkson plus 15 coming in off the bench as well. So you can kind of tell which uh, which lineup was in the game when they went on their big run in the third and beginning of the fourth quarter.
2: And it's actually been kind of a fun stat to watch. I think Mike Conley made it cool um, seeing all those absurd numbers that he he's put up in the plus minus. On the other side, um, Terry Rozier was a minus 26 tonight for Charlotte. And we talked about, you know, that, that is one piece of this thing for the Hornets with he and playing 32 minutes and Lamolo, LaMelo playing 38. There's always going to be somebody you can go at, you know, whether it's through the post or just driving. Um, so that's something those guys will, will certainly have to figure out
3: uh, quick uh, corrections and retractions for me, by the way. Uh, I went through the standings in the last segment. And thanks to Blake, who uh, pointed this out. ESPN had not updated their standings because the Laker game had just ended. The Jazz are three and a half uh, games ahead of both the Lakers and the Clippers. So the Lakers are now 22 and 10, the same as the Clippers, Jazz 25 and 6. So they're three and a half clear of the two L.A. teams in in the Western Conference. So thanks for pointing that out. Apologies. They had not updated the standings quite yet. Blake, thank you, Blake. See, Blake's Blake keeping us sharp. Assist. That's we what he does.
2: Chalk up the assists, Blake. Keep track of them. Assists are good to help your teammates. And
3: you know what? I, I make a lot of mistakes uh, I in don't. life as well as on the air. So I love I love when our listeners keep us sharp because that is important. Three and a half is a nice cushion. And, of course, the game tomorrow night against the Lakers is going to be a big one, Tim. Uh, but you got a little bit of a cushion. doesn't make it an absolute must win, certainly. These are all just now. It's, it's
2: kind of a fun, um, you know, uh, kind of exercising runaway and hiding from everybody else you know that's one of the great things about the jazz getting off to this great start in the first half is these all you know these, these are all those numbers you know games back are all all real none of those are inflated they've earned every bit of that so um, they really just need to continue to focus playing, playing great basketball and finding ways
3: um, you know like they did tonight to to basically rid themselves of a pesky opponent. All right, Tim, hit us with a couple of final thoughts before we close the book on this one and get ready for the Lakers on Wednesday.
2: Historic shooting night. Um, I think that's a, a piece of this thing that we've said a lot. And you and I, have, we've talked a lot about history and NBA history. And, you know, that's, that's been uttered many times this year. But um, just more than anything, I think the, the way this team shares it and shoots it, um, they're going to be such a threat in every game. The, the element of this can they continue to guard can they continue to stay interested in you know and attack as as much defensively as they do offensively um, special special team man it's uh it, it's just an interesting thing to watch nightly and um, again I'm really really happy for a guy like George Niang on a night like this you don't you don't have many nights where you you are totally perfect from three and for him to make seven of them tonight just really a cool thing for George.
3: Absolutely. No doubt about it. All right, we want to say a big thanks to Lock and Boone, doing a great job calling the action. As always, thanks to John Kiefer, our uh, broadcast assistant tonight. Thanks to Alex Lundberg, our boy Lundy, doing a great job, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the official uh, title sponsor of the post game. Go Where Love Takes You in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz Learn more at markmiller.subaru.com. Tim Lacombe, coach, thank you very much. As always, a blast hanging out with you.
2: Great being with you. Fun to meet some of your
3: friends tonight that came from afar. Had a buddy fly in from Austin because he wanted to see some Jazz basketball. Just, people are excited about this team. They are they're very excited, and rightfully so. 132 to 110 uh, is your final. The Jazz beat the Hornets tonight. They moved to 25 and 6. On the season. Up next, the Jazz will take on LeBron and the L.A. Lakers in this building on Wednesday night. Tip-off will be at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin at 7. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.